Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are across this amazing continent that we call Australia. You're listening to Faith FM, and this is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you today? Amazing. Really? Yes. <laughs> Why not? Why wouldn't I be amazing? Well, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. Why are you nervous? Well, remember when I first started working with you on radio and you said, yeah, you know, the first few weeks will be a little bit nerve wracking and then you'll ease into it and then you'll get to week five. And week five apparently is when I'll be relaxed and comfortable, but not quite ingrained. Well, you and then be I'll relaxed start... and comfortable, not nervous then? Yeah, but, but then you said uh, it won't be as ingrained as I think it is and I'll start making mistakes. Oh, so yeah. are you going to make mistakes on today's show? Oh, I really hope I don't, Lyle. I really hope I don't. But you know what? You know, I already know that you've made some mistakes. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a delayed broadcast. True story. This is a delayed broadcast, needed listeners. And if you would like to join us for the live broadcast, it is actually very easy. See if you can pick up Mon's mistake. It will be hard to find. <laughs> but you might pick it up. Call me up and tell me about it. Now, the way you can join our live programming is all you're going to do is jump on faithfm.com.au and basically just press play and you can listen to the live show. And there's another way they can jump on the live show as well. Listen the tune-in app. Get the tune-in app. It's absolutely free as long as you get the free version mm-hmm. and listen to it through your mobile phone just look for faithfm.com not faith faithfm australia i should say just search the, for that yep on the tune in app and you can listen on your phone you can run it through your bluetooth your headset your uh ox cord your um tape insert whatever you want to do just whatever you can do and yeah. you've got great reception anywhere you go it's and a fantastic you can join option. in you can get the prizes and the giveaways it's a much better way to listen to us what have we got coming up in the show today lol we have some stories about uh, we got a story about um, got some heavy hitting stories yeah, from you. Yeah, I know. Um, what was his name? The French guy. The who French gave hero. his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A tremendous story of heroism. We have uh, yeah, pretty heavy story about pedophilia here in Australia and the government. What the government's doing about it. And you've got some amazing stories as well. I have some wonderful stories about knitting. But let's take a break and we'll get straight back into that. Grace and peace to you from 
was Fernando Ortega with Grace and Peace here on Faith FM. And Monica, this morning we have a quiz, as we always have a quiz. What is our quiz question for today? Yes, we have a quiz, and I'm going to make the first clue actually quite difficult, and then I'm going to get a bit slacker and lenient and give you easier clues as we go along. But the first one... Okay, you're going to try and stump me on the first one. I'm going to try and stump you Give give it to me on the second one. Okay. This is a what book am I? Right. So it's only 66 possible right answers. Yes. Okay, first clue. The bravery of Shifra and Poir in disobeying the king is found in my first chapter. The bravery of Shifra and Poir in disobeying the king is found in my first chapter. <laughs> oh, you've got me stumped. Yes. Oh, you've been stumping me a lot lately. I just love it when I look over at you and you've got that look of confusion plastered across your face. It makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to work on this one. Between now and the next clue and solve it. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call or you can text me 0491-064-669 and we will send you the prize. You can even just jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. Let us know the answer. And if you have a quiz with which you can stump Lyle we will send you double the prizes Lyle's still looking confused yeah I'm I'm getting closer I'm getting closer you're getting closer closer. we'll see we'll see all right, so what have we got coming up for our news stories for today, oh, Monica? Well, I'm so passionate about this news story today. I'm so happy that this research has come out. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it's actually, like, you know, very rare that you read a news article that starts with a Bible reference. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that sounds good mm-hmm. to already. I'm sure you've heard the biblical proverb that idle hands are the devil's workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out it may have more scientific truth than we previously recognized. Right. Yeah. So it's actually a Bible passage that I've never doubted because from my own experience, it's like uh-huh. yeah, when you've got nothing to do, that's where your mind wanders into dangerous uh-huh. places. Yeah, that's right. So it turns out knitting may boost health and happiness. Knitting. Knitting. I've never knit a thing in my life. Maybe you knit your brows together. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of yeah. knitting, not that kind of knitting. So I'm talking about knitting like two needles or, or crochet with one hook and then like you, you make like a scarf or a beanie or a blanket or a pair of boots. For those of you who don't know, because you can't see, Mon uh, sometimes brings her knitting here to work I and do. sits in the studio <laughs> and knits while she talks to you on the radio. She's it's not true. knitting this morning. Where is your knitting this morning? Do, I, well, the thing is, I'm, I'm almost finished a project I'm currently on, but the last bit is quite a bit of a hullabaloo, so it's a bit too big to do. Now, because I'm making a blanket i exclusively okay. crochet blankets i okay. don't make scarves so you don't, knit. don't make hats i make uh, i don't knitting as well but when i knit i only knit blankets too okay. so when i get to the end of the project the project's usually quite large so right now if i bought my blanket in it would be basically take up okay. this entire so, so isn't knitting just isn't this just you know doing the same thing again and again and again and again and again i mean if you if that's the look you want if you want like an even look again then sure but then you change it ever so slightly and do the same thing again and again be extremely you know, it, it complicated. Reminds me of NASCAR racing. <laughs> drive straight, turn left. Drive straight, turn left. Drive, I just offended all the Actually, Americans. Actually, interesting. Did you know that knitting was invented by men? Men who fishermen who were knitting um, fishing. Uh, what do you call those nets to, to catch the fish? Mm-hmm. That was they were created by hand knitting. So yeah, it's you've, a dude you've, thing. You've really researched this. You've no, I just know that one off the top of my head. But let me tell you about this, the, the recent scientific research that I've done about knitting. So it suggests that working with our hands, like through knitting or washing dishes, painting, metal craft, woodworking, all that kind of stuff, can provide marked physical and psychological benefits. They've even come up with a new term for this. It's called behaviorceuticals instead of pharmaceuticals. Wow, yeah, because, that's so cool. Yeah, because when we engage in these activities, apparently we change the neurochemistry of our brain in similar ways that drugs can change the neurochemistry of your brain. So this was done uh, in the University of Richmond, um, Professor Dr. Kelly Lambert, um, and she did a lot of research with rats. And this is super interesting. So but I've she, never seen rats knit. Well, well yes, well, I mean, you, you never know. We could get there one day. I reckon I could teach a rat to knit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Dr. Lambert found that rats that must work with their paws to uncover a treat fare much better than what they call trust fund rats. And trust fund rats are the rats that just get given treats freely. So the animals that received rewards without working for them had an elevated levels of stress hormones and they were also less emotionally re- resilient. 
you know, even though I have never knitted, knitted a thing in my life, apart from maybe knitting my brows at times, <laughs> um, I really, really believe in what this is talking about right here because I know that for myself, when I'm stressed, the greatest thing I can do to de-stress is to do something with my hands. Exactly. So, and it also says that rats that worked with their paws and searched for their food treats, on the other hand, they had a better sense of self-efficiency and... Um, and they, they became more successful uh, in their general environment in a more rewarding way. And then this is the cool thing, right? Um, so knitting can reduce depression and anxiety, slow the onset of dementia and distract from chronic pain. Um, and the psychological benefits of knitting are actually greater than like doing household chores because you know, like I, before I mentioned keeping your hands busy, like, you know, washing the dishes or something like that. Like sure, they're both I'm keeping your hands busy. I'm knitting my brows together right now in I'm about to explain why knitting would be better than washing dishes because it's a creative endeavor. So not only is it something you're doing with your hands, it's, it's also creative and the positive psychological impact, even though you, like the activity may be contained in just an hour or two, the benefits spill over to the next day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So if you actually find yourself feeling a bit sad or, or, or angst, you should consider taking up a craft or some sort of activity that you can well, complete with your hands. Some of the some of the reasons behind why we have such an explosion in depression in our world today is because people have stopped doing things with their hands and yep. have started doing everything with their eyes and sitting in front of a screen. It's absolutely true. We are, we are consuming instead of creating and we need to rebalance. We collaborate that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually knitting is his... Um, it's exploded in popularity in the younger generations in recent times as almost like a, a, a therapeutic activity. I mean, we can see, we can see this even in um, the massive popularity in the last few years of colouring in. That thing yes. was massive. For about nine months. Yeah, nine months, yeah. So, and I, I, I mean, I admit that I bought a whole bunch of them, but I just didn't find yeah. the results as rewarding as knitting um, because, you know, when I undertake a project, when I start a blanket, because like I said, I only make blankets. When I start that project, it's usually such an enormous enormous undertaking. By the time you finished it, you feel so good because you've made like a beautiful and, you know, quite a large, you know, pro- object out of that. And then I always give them away, which is like, like quite quadrupling my blessings because mm-hmm. like, I've given it to someone as a yeah. gift and they More love it. More blessings to give than receive and it's really positive for yeah. your mental health to be giving. It's one of the most positive things exactly. you can do for your mental health is to uh, is to be giving. So I've spent hours being creative, keeping my hands busy and then I get to give it away. Whereas colouring in, I found there was a discrepancy there. Once you finish colouring it in, you often just go, oh, I've done that, next page and you never look at it again. Mm. There you go. That's mm. so interesting. So yeah, have you ever sold a blanket? Um... I've only ever attempted once to sell a blanket and then change my mind. I just find it's too personal. And I, 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 to be honest, I have a list of about 20 people uh, waiting in line to get one of my blankets. So <laughs> so don't call up and ask for one of Mon's blankets. Her <laughs> list is already too long. Nah, come on. I'm going to need more, more people eventually. I'm going to run out of friends. I've made one for every okay. friend. So what we'll do is we'll post up a photo on Facebook tomorrow of one of Mon's blankets, one of the ones that's in process right mm-hmm. now. It's, and uh, you I'm, can have a look. See, I'm is, warning you, so it's very vibrant it's a, it's a bit of a punch in the eye kind of a blanket so <laughs> not to everybody's taste my mother hates it <laughs> but it's, i have it for a specific friend in mind so okay. yeah. yeah yeah fair enough fantastic okay so what else have you got there Mon? i have got a pollution gobbling city bench so it's a park bench it's been designed um it's called it's called city tree bench and it harbors 1,682 pots of moss that absorb dirt, soot and other pollutants from the air. Its solar-powered technology is actually built into the bench. It can monitor particle matter in the surrounding air and maintain its own watering system. You have got to be joking. The materials (laughs) built to make the bench are recyclable, easily recyclable actually, and can be assembled within a matter of hours. The surface of the bench is graffiti-proof and it comes with built-in Wi-Fi. You know, I always thought that that, um, a park bench was kind of like the opposite of, you know, being good for the environment because it's usually made out of wood. You cut trees yep. down to make out of wood and it's a place to sit so that you're sitting rather than exercising. But what you've got here is a park bench that is actually doing amazing things for the environment. And it's very beautiful. So it's a bench and then behind it is like an enormous screen and it's filled with greenery and it yeah, absorbs as many toxins as 275 trees in a much smaller space. So you can find these all over Europe now. Hopefully they'll be in Australia soon too. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love to see one of them. 
these things. Yeah, no, you're doing good, but looking good as well, I have to say. But we're going to have a quick song break now. We're going to be listening to Scripture Lullabies, Pleasing to You. And after that, we're going to hear some rather hard-hitting stories from you, Lyle. Yes, we are indeed. Scripture lullabies, pleasing to you. I am really struggling. Sorry, Monday uh, for you today, I'm really isn't it? Mon- <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one who's having Monday artists, and it's this is supposed to be your week five. I know, especially my terrible week. But I think because I'm concentrating so hard on not stuffing it up. Because you, in be, there. because you alerted me to it. I think if I hadn't tomorrow. been aware of It'll the week tomorrow. five curse, I might have yeah fallen prey to it. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. This whole week I'm going to be on top of my game. This week is this day is going to go well, and mine's like yeah, like that was like I nothing. got this, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't got this. <laughs> Let me hit you with another clue quiz. Quiz clue, Lyle. You ready? Yes. The first one was oh, this is a, what book am I? The first clue was the bravery of Shifra and in disobeying the king is found in my first chapter. The second clue is I tell 
how idolaters were made to drink an idol that was ground into powder and poured into water. There you go. Do you know what it is? Um, <laughs> what book are these stories found in? I tell how idolaters were made to drink an idol that was ground into powder and poured into water. I think it really is Monday for you because I'm pretty sure you would have gotten it off that one. But maybe, maybe after yes, a minute. Yes, I know exactly which one this is. Oh, you figured it out? Yep, okay, okay. I'm there. If I'm you think there. you know the answer, if you can tell me what book those stories are found in in the Bible, give me a call 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's one 800 324 843 or text me on 0491-064-669 and we will send you the prize for the quiz. Lyle. We have a, uh, let me share with you this passage from John chapter 15, <coughs> beginning in verse 12. The Bible says, this is my commandment, and this is Jesus speaking here, mm-hmm. that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And one man over the weekend who fulfilled this quite literally was a Nobel Tram in France. And of course, a very, very sad story. There's um, just been uh, performed a mass in his honour. Mm. Um, he was a devout Roman Catholic. And I think we're probably all familiar with the story of how when uh, the ISIS-linked terrorist uh, took hostage, took a lady hostage and was using this particular lady as a human shield. He offered to swap places with her. He did swap places with her and then he was shot and stabbed and killed and mm. gave his life for the life of that woman and for the life of you know other people who were there in that supermarket at that time. And it's times of sadness like this that we, you know, when we live in a world that is so crazy and mm. you find so much hate and so much anger... I find stories like this both sad but inspiring at the same time. It's true. You know, we've got school shootings, we've got terrorists, we've got bombs going off, we've got people just doing the most psychotic and crazy things, and yet when somebody steps up like this and makes the ultimate sacrifice, it reminds me that, you know, there is still good in this world, there are still good people in this world, And it's a sacrifice like this that shines a light brighter than any other uh, action that can be made on how horrific terrorism is and how terrorism needs to be eradicated. And if I was ISIS right now, you know, of course ISIS jumped up and threw up their hands and claimed like, yes, we Mm. did it, we did it, we did it. Mm -hmm. But I think this is probably the worst possible uh, publicity that ISIS could ever have. How you know, so? Well, you know, so many Muslims who are looking on, you know, who might even be tempted to, um, to, 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 to be radicalized like ISIS. You know, you've got, the, you've got the choice between hate and death and random cowardly killing and taking innocent lives and just pure evil contrasted with, you know, no greater love than this than somebody who lays down his life for somebody else. There's a massive contrast right there, isn't it? Which regime do you want to live under? Which regime do you want to be a part of? You know, the whole world looks on and the whole world is just horrified. You know, and this is, this is the worst publicity that ISIS could ever have is for, uh, you know, for, for something like this to take place. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, I know Beltram. Um, he was um, engaged to be married in June mm. and was married on his deathbed before he passed away. Uh, which is a very sad story. Uh, the priest was able to do that. And the Mass that's been held today, which is um, in the Catholic tradition today, is the Feast of the Incarnation. Mm. Um, and the Mass that was held was uh, attended by the Muslim community as well as, you know, just people from broad swathes of the French community right there around uh, Carcassonne. Such a beautiful place. I've been to Carcassonne. It's just amazing. If you ever get the chance to go to southern France, do not miss going to Carcassonne. It, uh, it's just so sad that some, such an amazing place could be marred by an event like this. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, I, um, you know, listening to this, listening to this news story, um, I, I, get, I get really emotional. I get kind of sort of choked up and I kind of start crying about how sad it is, you know, this guy swapping places with this woman and then, and, you know, end up dying for her and for the hostages and um, but then I wondered to myself how often do I cry over Jesus' sacrifice because he did that for me Mm. and we've sort of I don't know it's almost like we've heard the story so many times it doesn't doesn't 
bring up that that choking feeling in our chest anymore we're just like oh yeah jesus died for me and every day he dies for us you know every day when we we sin you know he's already paid for it with his own life mm, mm. and, and it, it hurts really, him every day yeah it really reminds me of um you know oh, yeah of what he did for us and and how we should react so yeah it's a it's a sad it's a sad but beautiful story this you know this french hero yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think that's a good way of putting it. A sad but beautiful story. Mm. Uh, another story that I want to mention this morning is in relationship to while we're talking about heavy subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, the Australian government has just set aside nearly seventy million dollars to track down and capture local pedophiles. Whoa, seventy now, this is million online pedophiles, and so <sighs> children are being exploited at an alarming relate, rate in the online world. Um, the government has put out figures that a child is exploited online every nine minutes. Oh my goodness! And so this is a massive problem that we are facing, and we've been able to you know cancel the visas and you know deport um, pedophiles and 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 get rid of them out of our country if they are foreign, but if they are local then, of course, we need to have more resources to capture them and to imprison them and to you know, make sure that the community is protected from them. And so the government has put aside, set aside $70 million uh, to work on that. And so, yes, pedophiles are on notice. The government is coming for you. There's a passage in the Bible that I'd like to share because, you know, this is an area in which, you know, I would not like to be in... Mm. The shoes of somebody who does such a crime as this. Matthew chapter 18. And let me read you this from over here in, uh, let me see, verse 6. Well, let me start in verse 5. It says, And whoever shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. And so when we do good things to children, it's like we're doing good things to Jesus Christ. When you do bad things to children then that's like doing bad things to Jesus Christ. That's worth thinking about. Mm, If you are tempted in this direction, if this is your particular temptation, then this is worth thinking about. But whoever shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone was hanged around his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. So that's pretty strong language that Jesus is putting out there and how much God cares for children. Mm. And if God cares for children like that, they should be our highest priority because the children are our future. And a child and a child who is abused, you know, can have the the rest of their life destroyed, and we can destroy our own future by destroying the lives of children. And so, once again, a very very heavy story. Very heavy. But one that I think is a very positive thing, and I very much support every dollar that is spent. They estimate that they'll be uh, tracking down at least 200 uh, children, uh, uh, pedophiles per year wow. with the money that they're spending. And you sort of stop and think about that. It's like nearly $70, $70 million. Okay, how many million dollars are you, are you taking just to track, one, track down one of these monsters? That's a lot of money. But mm. I want to say it is worth it. every penny. Yep. I absolutely And these agree. are people that need to be locked up and separated from society. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would, I would uh, go so far as saying throw the key away. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want these people in our society, particularly if they've been doing it consistently, particularly if they do it online, you know. Mm. There's just no excuse for this kind of thing. These people don't need to be in our community ever. Ever. Our children need protection. Mm-hmm. We have horrific rates of child abuse here in this country, and we need to be doing something about it. And you, as a parent, if you are a parent this morning, you need to be educating your children to speak to you whenever something strange happens and keep your eyes open and understand what grooming looks like. It's a heavy topic, but 1-800-FAITH-FM if you wish to discuss it with us. We're going to have a breakdown. We're going to come back with our guest interview. I'm very excited about this next one. Great, amazing story from Rome. Person, not place. Westward. 
You are listening to Faith FM Australia, 87.6, 87.8 and 88. And we are about to launch into a very exciting interview, aren't we, Lyle? We are indeed. We have the one and only Rome Ulia on the phone. Welcome in, Rome. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, do you know, the reason I'm so excited is because I know absolutely nothing about you whatsoever. How can you not know about Rome? <laughs> Who doesn't know about Rome? But this is Seriously. the cool thing. Like, the first time you hear a story, it's always the best time. So I'm just hanging this out guy's to a hear celebrity. Story. All I know, all I know is that he has a gangster past. Okay. That's like the teaser I got. Right. <laughs> so Rome There's more to it than that. Rome, tell us tell us a little bit how uh, I guess how you started. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Tell me everything. I'm totally intrigued. Um, I grew up in a family where my mother was the only religious person. My father was far from God at the time, and um, my mother was a woman of prayer. She used to often pray for my father that one day he would um, come to know God and be converted. And um, she ended up praying for each and every one of my family members, you know, my my, my brothers, my, my sisters, and she was like a, a, a prayer assassin, you know, when, whenever she prayed for somebody, you know, things happened and eventually my father came into, came into the faith. Oh, amen. I've heard of prayer warriors, but not prayer assassins, but I like that. A powerful oh. woman of prayer is a, is a thing to yeah. fear, I swear. <laughs> yeah, she was. She'll have a list of, uh, she'll keep a list of names of those who she would pray for and she'll continue to pray for that person until something happens to her. Wow. Amen. Truly, truly a testimony to what a praying mother and a praying wife can do. Now, did you go to church with your mum? Uh, she used to try and take us every now and then when we were growing up. Um, but Dad was always against the, the idea of us uh, going to church. Dad was a heavy drinker. And, um, you know, he used to hang around with a lot of people that weren't, weren't, weren't um, in the faith as well. So mum um, continued to pray through that. And um, story has it that dad was um, on his way to, to work one day and his car breaks down. 
and he had two items in the car. He had a, um, a potato um, sack about 20 kg and um, he had a, a beer crate. He could only carry one of those things to the nearest bus stop. And um, where he was in, a, in his life at that stage, uh, he decided to take a beer crate and, and, and lift the um, potato sack. And he went to a nearby bus stop and he sat on it waiting for his bus. And behind that, that bus stop, um, was a was a hall where uh, an evangelistic campaign was taking place. Whereabouts was this, Rome? This was in Auckland. Okay, New Zealand. Yeah. This was in this was in Auckland, an area called Onehanga, and he was uh, sitting outside that bus stop and and he was cringing, this hearing the music and the preaching. He just couldn't wait for his bus to, to turn up, but his bus turned up about twenty minutes later, and while everybody was jumping into the bus. Um, he sat on that beer crate and allowed the bus to go. And he sat there just, just listening to the, to the preacher. Wow. Uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the sermon, he caught the late bus home. Following day, um, his, his boss heard about his car breaking down and his boss said, hey, I heard that, um, I heard your car broke down. Uh, I'm willing to take you home at the end of, uh, at the, end of the shift. And my dad said, no, it's okay, I'll, I'll catch the bus. And he straight back to that same bus stop and he, and he sat there listening. He did that for three and a half weeks. Wow. When the preacher made an altar call, uh, he was one of the guys that walked well that walked up to the company. He walked from outside the bus stop <laughs> right into the um, into the service and uh, gave his life to God. Uh, went home after uh, after that night, and uh, he went straight to the to the fridge where he put that the, those beers uh, from three and a half weeks before, and he started pouring them down the drain. And that's that's when my mom found them and uh, you know said what was going on and. They said, uh, um, you know, I'm making a, making a commitment today. How did your mum respond to that? How did your mum, what, what, what happened? You know, my, my mother was so, um, uh, she, she, was a, uh, she was a believer in God that it, for her it was just a matter of time. Yeah. So she wasn't really surprised, but at the same time she was just filled with joy. It was just a, for, for her it was just, um, you know, for, she wasn't as surprised as, as if she was just waiting for, for the Lord to come through. And she prayed for, for like eight years for that to happen. Wow. wow. Can you imagine the surprise in that preacher's face when, <laughs> when someone comes walking in from outside, you didn't even know was yeah. there the entire time listening in and gives their life to God. Oh, how, how old were you when this was happening, Rome? Um, well, my brother and I, we were, we were following my dad's footsteps, his, his, partners, his old footsteps. Well, dad was coming into the church, both my brother and I were going into our, um, we're, we're about to enter into our, um, our teens. And um, it was then that I, that I joined gangs and um, in, in my early teens, my brother was following my footsteps as well. And uh, we, we turned up to, we, we had so many court cases that mom would turn up to. And um, dad never used to turn up to any of our court cases at all. Um, he used to deal with us harshly back then. And um, when mom used to turn up to our court cases, she'll be the only one sitting there praying. Would have like, you know, a few of our gang buddies, gang members inside those court cases. And um, one of those times my brother was about to be sentenced and mom turns up to that court case and she turns up with my dad and um, a few church members. And they, they walked in boldly. My brother was surprised to see my, my, my dad there. Mm. And um, as as the court case went on, um, my dad stood up unannounced, and he stood up at a time when no one should should stand up. And he said to the magistrate, um, in, in, in my language, and he said this in a nutshell. He said, "My my, my son's failure is not his alone. Um, I'm not asking you to give this boy a second chance. I'm asking you to give a father a second chance." Oh wow, mm. that's heartbreaking. And, um, yeah, the magistrate didn't know what to do with that. She said that um, we're, we're going to have to um, continue with this the following weekend. So he went, when they were taking him back to Mount Eden Prison to be held in remand, my, my mother yells up to my brother and says to him, pray at 10 o'clock in the morning and pray at 10 o'clock at night, knowing that your father and the church is praying for you at 10 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night. Mm. My brother was in disbelief. So he's, he's praying for one week, 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the afternoon uh, at, at night sorry in the evening and um, he was uh, released with bail conditions 
And that's when he made a commitment to God himself and he, he left New Zealand and went to, um, he, came, he left for, for Australia. Do you just mind me asking, um, you don't have to tell us if you don't want to. Now, what kind of crimes were these and what kind of gangs like are these? I mean, I'm guessing they weren't like, you know, a chess club gang or anything. So what what were you really getting involved in there? Um, yeah, we got we got, a, got involved in a lot of, lot of bad things. Um, uh, drugs. Um, my brother was done for, for um, armed robbery. I was done for um, imposition of a firearm as well. So, yeah, it was, we, we did some terrible things back then. And you guys were only teenagers, you said? No, we were in our, we all began in our early teens going into our 20s, our early 20s and mid-20s. That's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty rough start. What changed yeah, it? What yeah. turned it around? Um, for you, you know what? for you. For, for me, I was, um, I had a son and... Uh, both his mother and uh, my boy, they both left me. And um, even though I was trying to remain hard at the time, um, it was really difficult for me to deal with that sort of thing. Uh, my son became, you know, somebody that, that had changed my life. And so when I got locked up, I was in a dark place myself thinking about all sorts of things. And uh, mom turns up to the court cases as well. And she's like praying for me and when I got out, I called my, my mother and said, I, I, I need it out. I need to, to, to leave this place. Where's my brother? She gives me um, his phone number. I contacted my brother and he was in Australia. And I said, dude, tell me where you are, I'm coming. Uh, whether it's Sydney, whether it's Melbourne, Perth, you tell me I'm coming. And he said, I'm in Kurumbong. <laughs> I said, where in the world is <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you, you know, you're, you're a big boy. You'll find it. <laughs> I, I did my research. And, um, yeah, before you know it, I was on a plane. And I remember when that plane took off, I was looking at that last bit of New Zealand, that last bit of Aotearoa, leaving my window. Uh, I just saluted New Zealand and said, I'm never coming back. And um, I landed in, um, in Sydney in 2005. And um, they were going to send me back because of... Um, my, my criminal records and so I was held I was held up by customs in, in Sydney and um, after hours uh, they got me on the phone with Wellington I don't know I was just sitting there and I, you know um, looking back now I can tell you know my mother was praying for me because all these doors that were impossible to open they, they were just opening you know for mm. me to leave the country uh, for me to leave gangs for me to um, you know um, eventually um, I came to Australia in 2005, I would later go back to New Zealand because uh, I, I found um, I found my my son and his mother. I found them on uh, uh, social media because um, I, I spent you know years looking for them, uh, months and years looking for them, and um, she never wanted anything to do with me when she found out I was heavily involved in gangs. And so um, you know it was uh, through social media. It's the first time I. I, I you know, ever did anything on on, uh, on the internet, I still remember my brother telling me that he was going to check his emails over at Avondale College. And I entered Avondale College for the first time when my brother took me there. And as he was going through the social media website called Bebo, um, that's when I, I, I found um, my son and his mother. I messaged her and told her that, you know, made changes on, you know, working hard here in Australia. She never replied to me after about a, a whole year and she um, replied by saying uh, you can come see your son but that's about it and I remember going back to uh, my brother's place and I said I'm, at the end of this year I'm going to go back to New Zealand to see my son uh, when I went back there I was there for only three days basically to marry my wife <laughs> marry my son's <laughs> mother within three days and I brought them back with me uh, to, to Australia and uh, I married her in 2006 we came back here in Australia in 2006 2007 um, I was reconciled with my father, and because um, we had a we had a really um, uh, difficult relationship, and so when me and my father were reconciled, um, he led us um, into church. But my wife and I, um, we weren't going to be conned into anything. We weren't just going to walk into church. I did a whole lot of research, which took took me um, over a year. Uh, starting uh, starting in around January of of, um, of 2007, and uh, by November, both my wife and I were baptized. 
what an amazing story! But just, just, just yeah. I'm still reeling a little bit. It's like where do you even where do you even start with this story? That's just fantastic. Praise God! God has um, done wonderful things in your life. What are you doing for God now? Um, I'm in Armadale, pastoring Armadale Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I've recently planted a church at uh, with the uni students of uh, University of New England. Wait, 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 wait. So you were a gangster, and you're now a pastor. I am. Oh, I love the transforming love of Jesus. <laughs> so powerful. Yeah. Now, I understand that you're also an athlete as well. Where did that take you? Uh, in 2011, I took up powerlifting and um, competed in a series of powerlifting competition in, New, uh, in Newcastle and then uh, in Sydney and then eventually went to Melbourne for the Nationals in August, uh, August of 2011 and I became the um, uh, Australian National Powerlifting Champion. Praise God. And are you able to use that uh, for witnessing for God today? Absolutely. Uh, I started this church plant just by offering to my community uh, free training programs and uh, opened up my garage and started training people in the community. Before you knew it, we had about 20 plus uh, people from the community coming over and just training. And we opened up our house on Friday nights for the students to come and have have dinner because their college wasn't providing them dinner on Friday night. So we decided to, you know, open up our home for, for dinners on Friday nights and the students were coming over and um, after 15 months of just uh, laying that foundation of getting to know people training them and um, you know feeding them by September of last year we had a church plant okay so if if someone out there is listening and they're in your area where can they go to get involved in either these uh, these training sessions or in your Armadale church I'm guessing it's an Armadale on the east coast Not or the Armadale on the west coast listening. it's all those people out there <laughs> who are listening Mon. but I mean I'm saying like, if they're in the area and they can visit your yeah. church which where do they go to, to find this Armadale church so if you're a uni student and um, you want to come and worship with the students and um, they come to Three Campbell Parade Three Campbell Parade Armadale that's where all the uni students are gathering for worship. Um, and we also have Armadale Seventh-day Adventist Church as well. That's uh, nearby. And they're on uh, 66 Erskine Street. In New South Wales. I'm just saying New that because it's in Armadale and right. WA. Well, thank yep, you very Armadale. much for joining oh, us, Rome. I, I recently found that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate your story. And uh, we'll be right back after this with some more programming.
isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I wouldn't write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to Faith FM, positively different radio.